Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a nice interview with David Mormon. It's his third time on the show um, to come on and kind of give an insider perspective on Badger football. We talk uh, Graham Mertz, we talk the run game, we talk uh, just kind of how this whole COVID situation might um, you know, impact the team, both you know, kind of on and off the field. And, and David, of course, is a uh, player last year, an informant player that still knows some of the guys on the team, has, has a really good insight. So we always love chatting with him um, and having him on the show. He's, he's a, a great guest, uh, probably our most frequent guest with three times. I think, we, I think he might be the only guy that we've had on twice, and now he's uh, one up in that uh, coming on three times. We always love talking to him. So uh, nice recap of uh, the Illinois game since, of course, we don't have uh, Nebraska game to break down as well. So We'll do that, and then uh, Matt and I will hit some news here before that, and then uh, hopefully later in the week we will be talking uh, Purdue. But uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that until we know. Uh, Of course, this is being recorded on Monday. You guys are listening to it on Tuesday, so you might already have the answers as we uh, talk to you through your earbuds or through your car speaker, but uh, hopefully we won't have anything too dated, and and hopefully it will be – our 200th episode will be uh, Purdue-focused as we get ready for uh, Saturday afternoon. Matt, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. Uh, it was it was a little surreal not having a Badger game this past weekend after we just got it back, but um, overall, doing well. I've got my health. I know that that's the, the major focus right now for the Wisconsin football program is making sure that everybody is getting back to health and that they're, they can kind of mitigate the outbreak on campus here. Um, but overall, I'm doing great. How are you doing, dude? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, kind of the same thing. You know, everybody's, you know, the state of Wisconsin and, and the football team, everybody's kind of going through that. So uh, to be happy and healthy is, is better than, you know, some situations. So you can't really uh, be too upset about it. And, and hopefully everybody's working their way back and, and getting healthy. And, uh, you know, whenever they're ready to play football, it'll be exciting to, to kind of watch them. Uh, it was tough to not have them, you know, this past weekend, but, uh, of course, you've got to be safe and, and do this the right way. So hopefully we'll see them back out there this Saturday um, afternoon. That'd be great, uh, and I think everybody would would be happy to see it for sure. But before we uh, get into our interview, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of news here. And the latest number um, in, in the Wisconsin football in terms of COVID cases, the last we've heard was 22. Um, so like I said already, Purdue game, will be announced sometime, either maybe after you listen to this or it's already been announced. Um, I know today Jeff Brahms that he's planning to play, so uh, we, we don't really have a lot of insight or anything on that situation, but hopefully by the time you're hearing this, we've got some positive news in that direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Barry came out and said the 22 cases on game day. I know at least one of those are an, is another pretty – uh, big player for the for the team, so hopefully uh, this kind of stops here and that we don't see um, further, you know, going across the the um, team. But really, this is this is a, a silent 
opponent that they're going up against that you can't really be able to stop. It's it's just it happens. And so I'm hopeful for that we'll have that game Saturday. But really, right now, I I think it's it's trending in a positive direction. But really. Uh, who knows is is really where we're at, and and hopefully when you're listening to this, we heard po- you have heard positive news that we have a game. Yeah, it's it's really it seems like a toss up from everything you've read at at this point. I mean, who really knows? But uh, let's hope that uh, we we keep trending in that positive direction, and and we're talking about a Badger game here on our our 200th episode coming up here. Um, I think that'd be a nice welcome episode that way. So. Despite not having the Badgers, crazy weekend in the Big Ten. Um, so that kind of made up for it, a good weekend of college football. But Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, Penn State all fall. I know the Iowa and Penn State ones were not really surprising. I think we both picked Northwestern last week, right? Yeah, we did. And yep. uh, we both picked Ohio State. So we expected that one. We did not expect the Michigan and Minnesota one. So I'm guessing we'll narrow it down to those two. But which was kind of the bigger surprise for you in, in the conference? Well, first, the way Minnesota lost uh, with the, <laughs> yeah. this extra point was 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 legitimately LOL because it was late at night and and I was laughing hysterically when I saw that because I was so flabbergasted that I saw when I saw that it went it went wide. Um, but I would actually go with the the Michigan Michigan State game. You saw Michigan State get. Uh, get absolutely throttled basically by Rutgers. They turned the ball over seven times, just really struggled to do much of anything against Rutgers, positive because they were kept shooting themselves in the foot. And but then for them to go ahead and and then beat Michigan, a team who had looked so good, we know that uh Michigan might have been a little bit of a paper tiger given the fact that they beat Minnesota, who has since gone on to lose to Maryland. But but really, you, you just assumed that Michigan was going to be in a better place, than, especially at home, than a team that was, had just has a brand-new head coach, brand-new offensive system, um, with a quarterback who's fairly limited in, in, in Lombardi. Like, they, they just really they laid an egg in a lot of ways, and it, it really gave some, some doubt about the, the future of Michigan football, I think. It was, like, that deeply um, – uh, you know, terrible of a loss because Michigan State was was I think twenty plus point dogs in that one on the road and really it's just I thought it was unacceptable. They Michigan had Joe Milton thrown at fifty plus times, which is not a recipe to win games in the Big Ten with a redshirt freshman quarterback who is who is more of a runner by trade. So uh, that was crazy uh, for me then, but. Really, you could go either way with that because Minnesota also is allowing almost 10 yards per play this year. Yeah, the, both of them were bizarre. That Friday night, uh, Michigan and, and Minnesota game, just back and forth. A very entertaining game, and especially when uh, when, when Minnesota loses there at the end. I, I don't know if you listened to um, the Cover 3 podcast with uh, the CBS guys and, and Chip Patterson, but they do a, a kind of a segment in their, in their gambling picks where they do the uh, wouldn't it be funny if, and, and that was my thinking coming into that extra point. I was like, you know, wouldn't it be funny if they missed this and pushed it and, and then Minnesota lost that game, and, and sure enough, it happened, and it was funny. Like you said, I, I was dying laughing. I was just, it's just one of those things where it can happen. You, you, you know, you go down the excitement of tying it up and then just uh, fall flat on your face like that and, and miss the extra point to, to put it there is, is just, 
it, it still cracks me up. You know, you kind of go back and watch it. I know there's plenty of memes um, on Twitter with uh, the, the clown music when he missed it. And I know um, it, it's good to have Big Ten football back, but it's even better to see, you know, the Big Ten West foes kind of, you know, falling all over themselves in, in Wisconsin or uh, Minnesota and uh, Iowa that way. But uh, the Michigan game as well was pretty great. I wouldn't expect that no one, I think you and I were kind of the same page, no one expected much from Michigan State this season. So to go out and beat your rival like that um, is, is crazy. And I know um, the Michigan fan base is not happy um, with that result, of course. But uh, just seeing uh, what's going on over there is, is pretty funny. Our friends at, at Maize and Brew um, were, were on fire after that one with just their thoughts and everything like that. So if you're looking for a – not a chuckle because you, you hate to see people mis- in misery, but uh, – uh, the, the Michigan fan base is certainly not happy uh, on that one, and I'm sure the Minnesota fan base is not uh, happy with their situation either. But that's that's Big Ten football, and we don't have games to kind of work your way into it. You can kind of fall into these games, and anybody, any week it looks like right now outside of Ohio State can, can knock each other off, which makes it makes it fun. Yeah, and we saw Minnesota get off to a really slow start last year um, before they went on to to look much better later in the year and, and got into Big Ten play where they where they were almost losing to FCS teams at the beginning of the season. But but to see kind of the precipitous fall off of that defense uh, is is pretty eye opening. Just because you look at Minnesota, they have by far the worst um, per play defense in the entire country. Um, and, and that is startling when you, when you think about it. I know that they're replacing a lot of guys, but so is, so is Michigan. Um, but Minnesota, you would think that they would be better and that they would have been able to beat Maryland. But, but wow, it's, it's definitely something you saw a lot of people picking Mich- uh, Michigan to kind of have a down year. I know I kind of expected that. So it was kind of eye-opening when they beat Minnesota, but then Minnesota has been a team that a lot of people thought might win the West, and they're looking pretty foolish now at this point because Minnesota is pretty much eliminated at this point, you would think, with both Purdue as well as Northwestern undefeated and the Badgers undefeated, albeit a game behind. Yeah, the the, the whole finish of this uh, West Division race is, is kind of going to be different than I think what a lot of people expected, but it'll be fun to watch, and and hopefully the Badgers can get on the field this uh, weekend and, and maybe put themselves uh, back in the race. But if not, you know, we'll, we'll see how it's going to be a wacky, um, you know, race to the finish with whoever ends up there. And, and we've seen already that the Big Ten is going to be a conference uh, kind of of chaos a little bit with, with all that's happened um, that way. But uh, either way, excited to have the, the Big Ten back. I know it's just nice to have college football in general, but uh, – to see the Big Ten back, I know this week we get uh, Maction back, and, and the Pac-12 is back this weekend as well. So uh, a little bit more return to normalcy, and hopefully the Badgers can be back a part of that here soon. Um, last bit of news, I know uh, the the basketball. I believe you went and attended the uh, virtually the uh, basketball presser. I believe it was late last week. Anything to note from that before we get into our interview with David? Um, main things were. We got to talk to Joe Krabenhoff, Tyler Wall, as well as um, Nate Reavers. Big thing where they talked a lot about the young big men. Um, it wasn't something that they brought up as much as you could tell that um, many of the writers had, had planned to write about uh, Stephen Crowell as, as, as well as Ben Carlson because there was a lot of questions to each one of the three about that. Um, but basically – it came up that it seems like those two are in a place where they're still learning. They they need to get 
kind of some more development specifically in their feet, um, a little bit better movement, but that they should be really good players, um, but that they kind of have a skill set of similar to a guard offensively, that they can do a lot of things despite their 6'9", 6'10 frames. And, and, and then that Johnny Davis um, really has had some wild plays where he really looks the part, and, but that they wouldn't go into detail about uh, how many minutes he would actually play. That was a question I actually asked. Um, but then also some talk about Trevor Anderson looking really good this, this offseason so that he might be a guy who sees a little bit more run um, with Brevin Pritzel no longer in the picture. And then a lot of the conversation was just about Tyler Walls uh, reshaping his body, how he got taller, um, tried to add weight, and really tried to, to get stronger and, and work on his shots. Um, but once again, he, you know, he talked about how he got better. Was his shot was getting shots up, which is, you know, that's a no-brainer. So there wasn't a whole lot to come from it. Uh, we did kind of see that the, the Badgers will be playing Louisville in the, uh, in the challenge, which is huge. I think that's a really good matchup for the Big, T- Big Ten ACC champion, uh, challenge because that's a team the Badgers haven't played since the late 70s, and both teams should be pretty good this year. Um, and then also the other basketball thing that has recently just popped up was um, that um, Demetri Trice was put onto the Koozie watch list, which is super cool for him uh, as, a, as a senior guard here. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff from the, the basketball program. I know everyone's focused on the football season right now, but uh, the, the Badger basketball is going to be here before you know it. It's uh, exciting. I know we're kind of waiting on the schedule um, right now at this point, but uh, it's going to be exciting to see them back on the court here soon. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the Louisville AC, there was a lot of good games actually in that Big Ten ACC Challenge. I'm excited to see that, but um, to see Louisville and, and Wisconsin square off will be uh, – a fun one for sure, and especially with the teams that both uh, both programs look like they have right now should be uh, exciting. Um, and, you know, like I, I keep saying, that Badger basketball is going to be here before you know it. going to have uh, a full swing of basketball and football to talk about here uh, soon. So anything else news or, or note-wise? Otherwise, we'll get into our ads, and, and then we'll get to our interview with David. No, I think we're ready. Let's get into our interview with David. All right, guys, stick with us through a couple quick ad reads, and then we've got a really fun, like I said, a fun conversation with David Mormon. Always enjoy talking to him, and uh, we'll be back um, later in the week to hopefully be breaking down uh, Purdue football. So uh, sit through us with a couple quick ad reads, and we'll be right back to it. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a recurring guest, Wisconsin, former Wisconsin offensive lineman David Mormon. Uh, third time on the show, right? I think this is episode you, this is episode 199 for us. You were almost our honored 200th guest uh, for episode 200, Ooh. but you missed just missed the cut. I think uh, I think everybody will be happy that our 200th episode will hopefully be a normal Purdue recap because that means a football game is going to be played on Saturday. I think that'd be a bigger blessing than landing some uh, big special guest. But David, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we wanted to have you on just kind of talk. Uh, Badger football because we don't have a, a recap show you know that we normally do after a game so it's uh, nice to get uh, you on and give us a kind of a little bit of an insider perspective on on what you think's going on um, in all different phases of Badger football. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's um, it's always it's always a treat to come on and talk about uh, the Badgers with you. I, ho- I wish we were talking about a game like you mentioned, but um, I'm happy to be on and uh, hopefully give a little insight to everybody out there. Well, we can talk about the first game because there were some special things on that one that I wanted to to talk to you about. And 
Before we get, we, we of course wanted to talk about the running game a little bit, but we have to start, you know, any conversation with Boy Wonder Graham Mertz. I know you saw plenty of him last year. So was it any real big surprise for you to see him come out and just sling it around that first Friday night based on kind of what you saw a year ago? Um, well, this first floor up that I just want to say, um, you know, I really just hope that everybody who's um, impacted by the virus on the team is, is doing well and, and being healthy. I haven't had a chance to get hold of too many guys because I'm sure they uh, have a lot of people in their ear right now wishing them well. Uh, same same with the staff. I know that co- some of the coaches, coaches have it, including Coach Chris. So, I just, you know, hope and pray that everyone gets healthy fast and, um, you know, they don't have complications for everything going on. But, uh, you know, to answer your question, I was I was not surprised whatsoever. Um, you know, I don't think anybody on the team was surprised. Graham came in right away as one of those guys who obviously was very highly touted, but he just kind of, you know, last year he just kind of shut up and put the work in every day, and you saw him get better as the year went on. Um and it was cool. Like his locker was right next to mine my senior year, so I got to spend a lot of time, you know, just talking with Graham. And he's just a, he's just a great human being, great dude, um, great teammate. So I was, I was I was so excited. Couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, I mean a lot of but a lot has been made about kind of the physical gifts he brings to the quarterback position. But what about him that maybe people don't see? or they can, might be able to see it in terms of his poise or confidence. Um, but what do you think he has that gives him a unique ability to, to do so well at, at, as just a redshirt freshman? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, Graham came in. He had a maturity that a lot of freshmen don't typically had. He was one of those guys who, like I mentioned, he was able to come in and just kind of soak up everything. Um, and he was lucky. He had a great guy of Jack, Jack ahead of him. And, um, you know, it was a bummer not to be able to see Jack play to start the year. I was I was so excited for him to come in and you know have a great fifth fifth year, have a great opportunity just to kind of come out and and play play some great football. But um, I think Graham did a great job of you know soaking up everything that happened last year, learning from Jack, and then you know he obviously has a you know God given ability, so he was able to kind of take everything he learned from Jack and and from the offense and here in the system and. You know, he put it on display last night and just, he was able to cut it loose for the first time in a, in a full game situation, which was just really cool to see. I think it was just, a, um, you know, goes, goes to show how, how, how great of a, a quarterback room there is, how great of a coach, um, Coach John Budmeyer, and how great of a coach, Coach Chris Starr. And, you know, just it was really cool to see um, a guy like Graham just kind of show up, you know, and have the opportunity to show – um, show the world pretty much what he's made of. So I was just I was so pumped for him, so pumped for that whole room. Yeah, it was exciting to watch. I mean, I know everyone had kind of been following him um, for years, you know, his recruitment. So, so to finally see him out there and, and have success was uh, definitely a welcome sign, and we can't wait to hopefully he's healthy and, and get to see him again uh, here soon. Um, you know, speaking of the opener a little bit, the run game, I think there was some fair, um, some unfair criticism, I should say, on the run game. I know it didn't click as well as it usually does, but you look at the years past, and you guys click probably better than most running teams uh, do across the country. So maybe uh, we've been spoiled a little bit with uh, you guys up front and Jonathan Taylor, but was there anything that, that you kind of noticed uh, in the run game where that made it maybe look a little sloppy or, or not click in the way, you know, sometimes uh, you guys can get going? Yeah, I mean, it's week one, right? And right mm-hmm. off the bat, you're playing a really good opponent in Illinois. And it's not it's not an excuse, but, you know, you have five guys who hadn't really probably had a chance to, to play together fully against, you know, in a, in a full-speed game, especially with the way that, um, you know, the offseason kind of went for them. They didn't have a spring ball to work together. 
Um, you throw in John Deetson beginning of uh, fall camp, and all of a sudden, you know, you have you're trying to figure out the best five guys out there. So, um, you know, last Friday, whenever that game was, it was really their first chance to have some real continuity together and start building that, um, and just you know trying to put put it all together on the field, you know, full speed going against somebody else besides uh, our scout team or somebody else besides Isaiah and Garrett. Um, you know, <laughs> going against those guys every every day, you get you get a lot better, but you know, it's, it's different. It's different than the real thing against a different opponent. So, you know, one, they were just probably getting getting used to playing with each other, getting used to going against somebody else. Um, and then number two, you know, it's, it's the first game, first game jitters in general. You're just it's your first time, you know, you know, seeing a defense and seeing them, you know, do things that maybe you didn't fully expect, and then have to make adjustments based off that. And you know, I know from personal experience from playing Illinois. They always have a wrinkle up their sleeve. They're gonna always gonna do something to shut down our run game. And you know, in the, in the first half, they were definitely trying to do that. But I was proud of the way our guys responded and still were able to, you know, rush for over 100 yards. And they still, had, you know, a really solid day out there. Um, you know, always room for improvement. You know, they they could have stayed on blocks a little bit more. I was I was actually watching the game back, um, you know, a couple of days ago. You know, they could have stayed on blocks a little bit longer here and there. Um, you know, you know, a couple finishes, a couple, you know, falling off things, missed assignments. But that happens in every game. And I was really proud of how they responded. And then ultimately, if you look at the tape, they, you know, dominated the line of scrimmage majority. They got, they got move, movement every single play that I saw. Um, and that's only going to get better as, as they get more reps with each other and as they, you know, get the, get the groove going moving forward. And then, you know, kind of going to, like, you know, we have three running backs who had the opportunity to sit and watch JT um, you have an unbelievable career, and you know Gross just played a lot of games. Akia played a lot last year. Isaac played a little bit here and there. So all three of those guys have, you know, they're trying to step up and, and be and be the guy. And I think they all did a good job. And I can't wait to see where they go from, you know, from the Illinois game and see where they go throughout the rest of the year. There was a couple of plays on there where, um, as the game went on, you definitely noticed that the the line started to gel a little bit more and, and be able to lean on Illinois a little bit. But there was also early in the game, we saw a couple missed assignments, whether it was at the running back side or the offensive line side, where it resulted in negative yards, which we don't see often in, in for Wisconsin. So is that usually a combination of, of blame, or is or did you see maybe it was more of the offensive line in this one or maybe more on the running backs in the youth that they had? Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I'll always, as an offensive lineman, you're always going to be the – you, you want to be the guy to take the blame. So I'm sure if you ask any of the, the O-line, ultimately, you know, the running back should just be able to have a huge hole to run through regardless of the play. Um, so I'm sure the O-line guys take a lot of responsibility. You know, I'm sure there's a, there's a little bit here and there with the running backs. You know, I'm not I'm not in the huddle. I'm not the offensive coordinator. So I, it's really kind of tough to know without, um, you know, seeing seeing the play call and or knowing the play call and seeing, you know, what the what the assignment should have been or knowing what it should have been. But I, you know, there's definitely a mixture between between both those things. And as you saw, as the game went went on, they were able to, you know, typical Wisconsin fashion, just wear guys down, and were able to break a couple of the bigger runs up and start, you know, you know, moving the ball downfield in the run game. Um, and I'm, I'm sure some of that has to do with kind of the first game, getting all the shakes out, um, you know, figuring out, uh, you know, fi- you know, like I said earlier, figuring out how to play against you know, a, a different defense in a live atmosphere. And I think they, they responded to, you know, some of the mistakes that happened earlier and, you know, shook out the nerves. And 
we're ready to go in the second half, that's for sure. You, you brought up John Dietzen um, already here, so I wanted to get your perspective on that. Big, strong guy, but just how crazy is it? And I'm sure you've been around him uh, plenty. How crazy is it to see where he is today when you consider you know what he's gone through with injuries and, and how he's battled back and, and you know stepping away from football and coming back? How crazy was it to see him you know back on the field um, you know just after everything he's been through? I mean, what a story too. Like it's really something out of Hollywood, to be honest. He, John's one of my good friends. He came, he was, he came in, you know, the semester before me because uh, he graduated high school early. But John and I have kind of, you know, been together from the very beginning. And seeing a guy like that go through what he went through, you know, didn't have – he had an unbelievable career early on. He had a, he had a great career all through, through and through, but just seeing injuries kind of plague him and, um, you know, just really kind of detriment his, his, his physical ability – at that time was, you know, super sad to see because he's literally the ultimate teammate, the most humble um, superstar in my opinion. He was, he's a superstar offensive lineman when you look at the tape. Like, he is so talented, so physical. Um, he's a leader out there. He, just, he, he fights for the guy next to him. He's just such an unbelievable player and such an unbelievable guy that seeing him have to, um, you know, retire early after the, the pinstripe bowl in 2018 was really one of the things that kind of motivated me going forward in, into my senior year. Just because, you know, a guy like that who gave his basically gave his whole body, his whole, you know, at that point you think, you know, future um, to the game and had a, you know, had to risk, he risked it all and had to hang it up early. You know, seeing that and seeing everything he sacrificed, you know, it just made me feel very fortunate that I had my health and I was going to do any, anything I can to make um, a guy like him proud and make the most of my senior year. So, I mean, just publicly, like, John was a huge motivating factor for me. And honestly, without, you know, seeing a guy like him sacrifice everything. I don't know if I would have made it through all five years to get a chance to have the senior year that I was able to have. Um, but to answer your question, Friday night, that game was so special. Seeing the big red mane back on the field just, just felt right. Made you feel kind of warm and tingly inside just because, um, you know, John Deaton is everything that Badger football is about. He represents everything that, that we stand for, smart, tough, dependable. And just seeing a guy like him battle back, and play awesome. He played unbelievable. He had such a good game. Uh, I think he had a shutout and pass pro. He was, you know, chasing down the ball every single play. Um, you know, he had a couple KDs. It was, just, it was great to see um, him back out there. But I just I couldn't be happier for him. I couldn't be happier for Mr. and Mrs. Dietz and his girlfriend, Laura. Um, I just, it's, it's great to see him back out there. And I think, you know, Badger fans need to enjoy having him back this year because it's going to be a special ride. So, Talking about that big red mullet that he's got, you ever uh, thought of uh, drunk getting the mullet? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. When I first came in freshman year, I, I thought about it, and my hair just is so straight. Whenever I was trying to grow it out, it just looked so bad, so terrible. <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time made me uh, like she just couldn't she couldn't handle it. She made me cut it all off and like go back to the buzz cut that I kept for uh, majority of, of college, but. You know, it's definitely something that uh, maybe, maybe I'll give it another chance now that uh, now that I'm done and uh, don't have as full of a face to, to to rock. Maybe it could be a good look, but um, no, that's that's John's trademark. We're gonna give it all to John. He he's the he's the master of the mullet. I I can't come after it because you know whatever I grow probably wouldn't even um, yeah gosh it wouldn't even compare at all. It would, it would just look terrible. And I'm gonna let John kind of hold down the fort when it comes to the the lawn locks. I think I think that's the way to go for pretty much all of us. I know I there's no way I could do it. I
don't think I've got the hair for it. Um, so the Badgers, though, have had a crazy past few weeks. If you look back, it, it feels like it's been so long ago that Jack had his injury, but it really, grand scheme, it's not that long ago. And now the no contest due to COVID. How big of an impact can all this off-the-field stuff have on execution come Saturday? And, and what do you make of what has transpired here lately as somebody who is just just a year ago would have been in their shoes? Yeah, uh, gosh, it's, it's really hard to imagine. Um, you know, for me, and I, I, I just feel I just feel for all the guys. Um, I feel for, for Jack. Like I mentioned earlier, I was so excited to see him, um, you know, have the opportunity to go this year. But I know he's the first one, you know, cheering on Graham and all the guys from the sideline, probably one of the first guys in still, one of the last guys to leave doing everything he can to help the team in, in any fashion he can this year. Um, and I just I hope I hope he gets back and healthy soon. But then just for the guys in general, they're they're facing adversity. And, you know, um, Coach Rudolph has a quote. I kind of, like, based my whole life off of it. And he, he, told, he says it all the time. But somewhere between stimulus and response is the freedom to choose. And, you know, the guys are in the middle of that right now. And now they have the, the freedom to make the decision how they're going to respond, you know, with minimal prep, how they're going to recover from all the off – um, you know, the COVID-related issues, how they're going to um, recover from the injuries that have taken place. And, you know, I think the Illinois game is, a, is proof that this group responds and they rallied and they're playing for each other. That team out there wasn't just a, a team like, you know, you know, Illinois is a good team. And that team on we saw versus Illinois, they, they were playing for each other. And the result out there was, you know, you saw it was special. It was a dominant performance. And the guys, you know, to me, looked like they were just having a ball. No fans, you know, no no jump around, they had none of that, but they were just playing football and having a blast doing it and playing for the guy next to them. So, you know, I, I think that this group, and I, I know the guys in the locker room, I know the coaches, I think they're going to, you know, choose to go out there and play a damn good game, you know, against Purdue if that if that if that's the case or if they have to wait till till Michigan, they're gonna, they'll be ready to go and they'll they'll give you your best shot. And, you know, it's easy – especially in this day of age, to get to get worried and think about um, the future and, and get anxious about it. But the guys are going to be ready, and everyone should just um, wait and see what happens. And um, it's just I'm, I'm excited to see how the guys respond because this is what Badger football is about. When you know when, when things get tough, you know we, we respond, and it, and they're lucky too. Now we as you know when I was playing, we'd always say make it to November, and that's when champions are made. And now these guys basically basically get to start the season in November, and that's where. Um, Badger football shine. So I can't wait to see those guys get back on the field, and I know they're going to be ready to go whenever the time is. Yeah, obviously the Nebraska game was was huge news uh, across college football. Any cancellation has has been you know a big headline, but for the Big Ten to kind of get off the ground and then have uh, the situation that they were hoping to avoid you know kind of happen right away um, is, is difficult. I know in in football sometimes they say bye weeks can can help because you can get a rest. But at the same time, it can kind of knock you out of your rhythm. But when you're not planning for a bye week, I'd have to imagine it might knock you out even more. So what do you think, you know, having now an extra week off that you didn't plan for does to kind of the rhythm um, of this team as they try to move forward, hopefully playing this weekend? But if not, you know, you know, taking some more time off to, to hop into that Michigan game possibly. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it would have messed me up, to be honest, because you're getting such a routine during the week. You're so used to – you know, having the exact same schedule day in and day out. But, um, you know, this group, though, 
you know, they were about to, they were on spring break, about to come back and start spring ball, and then all of a sudden, you know, the world kind of, um, not didn't end, but the world kind of shut down, and all of a sudden, you know, you were back home, and they have to, they have to adjust and, and make the most of time at home already, and when they should be practicing, they have to figure out ways to um, get bigger, faster, stronger from the comfort of their home without having the opportunity to go to a gym or, you know, practice on the field, and they did that, and then it's the same thing all kind of summer long, you never really know. Every week was different. Every week there was different rules. There was different regulations. You didn't know when the season was going to begin, and the guys adjusted. So they have experienced having to kind of adjust to the crazy circumstances that are thrown their way. And you know, I'm confident that they're going to be able to do it again. But um, man, I, I I tell you what, though, I'm I feel uh, lucky that uh, that you know I I'm not a part of it right now just because I could not have uh, handled it the way in the class and probably the way that these guys are handling it right now, that's for sure, because um, you're, you know, you're a creature of the other environment you live in, a creature of habit. So um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident, though, that the guys are going to adjust because they have the experience to do it. I think, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Um, assuming that the Badgers are able to play Saturday against Purdue, which right now is a gigantic if, based off of everything that's been going on. We're supposed to find out on Tuesday. We're recording on Monday, so most people are going to be hearing this on Tuesday, so this part might be completely null and void at the point of listening. But assuming they are able to play against Purdue, um, they've been able to run well on Purdue in the past. Um, How much does that, uh, having that mindset of this is a team that we've done really good against in the past, how much does that help them heading into a game that maybe they have had a really strange couple of weeks before it? Uh, you know, that's that's an interesting question, just because every year it's a new opponent. Every year, you know, Big Ten teams, uh, they change up different things. You never, I mean, you have an idea of the scheme they're going to run, and, you, you know, a lot of players return, but guys get better, new guys come in, guys leave. You never know who's going to step up and – you can have some confidence in, in knowing that it's the same staff and, you know, you know the scheme and maybe you know some of the faces out there. But at the same time, it's, it's Big Ten football, man. And Purdue's a good team this year. They've already proven that. Um, so, you know, you got to be ready to go. And the and, and each week, it, not, you know, nothing comes easy in this conference. Just, you know, like you like you see, um, like all over all over the conference so far, every, every game so far has been a battle. Um you know, you guys are ready for anything. And I think Michigan, Michigan State kind of showed that last week. Everyone thought that Michigan was going to steamroll and Michigan State was came out there and punched them in the face. So, um, you know, the Badgers, the, you know, just in general, the, the Badgers and, and, and the team need to be ready for that because Purdue, they're scrappy, they're physical. Um, you know, Coach Coach Brom, he's, he's coming back. He's going to have the guys fired up, ready to go. So um, the Badgers got to be ready to go. Nothing's going to come easy. But, you know, we've been there before, and I think – I think the guys will know that, and they'll be well-prepared, ready to, ready for a fight, because it's going to be a fight, definitely. If they do play, you know, we, we've talked about Graham Mertz already, but it, he's not going to be out there on Saturday. It's, it's likely going to be Danny Vandenboom, and I know listeners, you, you probably know him a little bit, but you probably don't know as much as maybe you do, because, you know, a lot of us haven't seen him since his high school days, where he was a great high school quarterback, but... What can you maybe tell the listeners about Danny? Because I'm, I'm guessing um, you know, we, we don't know a lot other than the very limited game action we've seen from him. Yeah, so uh, Boomer and I, we were, we were roommates um, when we traveled my entire uh, fourth year. So the 2018 season, we were 
it was me and Danny together traveling all across the all across the country. So, um, you know, I, obviously, like Danny's gonna have to step up, and I think he will. I'm just so excited for him to get an opportunity because you know the fans don't see the throws that Danny makes. They don't see the poise and um, the poison box he kind of plays with that at practice practice um, whenever he gets the chance to come out there and he's one of those guys who's just so well respected in the locker room that I'm sure that the guys are going to rally behind him and you know Danny he has success he played at he was on those you know Kimberly was famous Kimberly uh, papermakers isn't that the mascot the papermakers he was on uh, he was on you know those legendary teams that won like four state championships back to back so Danny's a winner uh, he has like the only uh, what like the perfect passer rating was Wisconsin history. I was, uh, I think I was on that play through for the touchdown to Taj um, Mustafa. So, I mean, Daniel's Daniel's how to play football, and he has experience, and he's been in the system for a long time now. So, I think he's going to be come out and play confident, and he's not going to be he's not going to be scared. And the guys are going to rally, and I'm excited to see that if you know Boomer gets the nod to go, I'm excited to see him kind of you know step out and and show out. So, um, I'm excited for Danny. And I just, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But if he's in there, you know, be ready. He's going to go. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's kind of the the mindset that I think a lot of fans have. Of course, you want to see Graham Mertz and in, in playing, but these guys are, are getting opportunities to play. And uh, we'll, we'll see what Danny can do. I know he's a uh, very smart uh, academic-wise as well. So it's uh, you got to rise to the opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and Chase, like Chase, I think, um, you know, obviously he's going through some stuff right now with – Every, like a lot of other guys on the team, but if it's if it's Chase, if it's Danny, um, you know, both those guys could be playing in a lot of other you know D1 programs in the country, and they just love the University of Wisconsin. They love being a part of this team, so they you know they stay and they and they're great teammates. And I think a lot of guys realize that, and they have unbelievable ability. Otherwise, they wouldn't be at the University of Wisconsin, you know, playing for a great quarterback coach like John Budmeyer and a quarterback guru like Coach Chris. So. You know, whoever's in there, regardless of the week at quarterback, if it's, you know, Graham, Jack, Chase, Danny, uh, guys have ability, and they're going to be able to make plays and, you know, extend the accept the ball down the field. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, whoever gets the nod, if it's, if it's Danny, to, you know, go out there and, and play ball because they're ready for it. All right, one more question before we get out of here. Um, when you're on the team, you probably don't pay too much attention to um, – recruiting and and kind of who's going to be coming in nearly as much as a lot of fans and some of the recruitniks that are all over boards. But you look at what Wisconsin has assembled in this 2021 recruiting class along the offensive line, and it's 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 frightening. <laughs> They've got really talented guys coming in. Um, you can look at five-star Nolan Rucci, four-star J.P. Benchwell, four-star Riley Mullman. That's, that's about as good as it's going to get three guys in the top 150. Um, how exciting is that as a guy who has been there to build up Wisconsin offensive line into the juggernaut that it is kind of across the country to see them really starting to make headway in recruiting as well at that position? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's so exciting to see. Um, you know, it's a guy who, who's been a part of the room and is a guy who is now washed up and watching from afar. You know, it's exciting to see – fresh faces, guys who um, have a lot of ability and, you know, choose Wisconsin because I love that place and I chose it because I wanted to probably go go to the school for the same a lot of the same reasons they, you know, they chose Wisconsin. So um, it's super exciting to see. I know that, 
you know, Rucci and Benchwell are both kind of uh, legacy guys. You know, they have their, their brothers on the team or the brothers have been players in the past. So it's just super cool to see, you know, names like that show up because it's kind of is a, a testament to the family uh, atmosphere, family culture that Coach Chris and um, Coach Rudolph and just basically, frankly, the whole the whole coaching staff and Coach Alvarez have built over over the time that they've been there. So super exciting to see guys like that show up in the program. And then it makes me proud, too, because, you know, Coach Rudolph is a unbelievable coach. He, he's literally – I owe a lot of my success, you know, in uh, everything in football and a lot of my success outside of football, too, to that man and uh, to our strength staff as well. So seeing guys that are going to have the same opportunities that I had and that I'm super – you know, I feel very blessed to have had see those guys going to get the same opportunities, same coaching to go to four or five years and play for a coach like that is um, super cool. And I'm just, I'm, I'm proud to have been a part of it. And I'm excited to see, you know, all the young linemen in the program who came in last year, came in this year, have opportunities to, you know, grow as a, as a man, as a football player, as, as a student, and um, just really take full advantage of the unbelievable university that Wisconsin is. So super excited for those guys. All right, I think that wraps up our conversation. David, we always appreciate uh, your insight, um, you're coming on. It's always great chatting with you. I hope everything is going well um, with the new digs and everything like that, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's always, uh, always a pleasure, fun conversation. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations right. on the, what, 200th episode? That next yeah. Week? yeah, that'll be coming out, uh, hopefully, to be uh, – a Purdue uh, preview. We'll we'll see uh, on the news when you guys are probably listening to this. You'll you'll know what our 200th episode is going to be about. It's either going to be about Purdue or it's going to be about Matt and I trying to find 40 minutes to to fill time. So uh, hey, I love it. I yeah, love it. I hope but, it's healthy, everybody. All right, Badger fans. Uh, we'll be back with you at some point later in the week to talk about something. We'll leave it at that. And as always, <laughs> on Wisconsin. Thank you.